Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion. If you can't tell already, this is not Peter. This is Mike P, also known as Cobra Kai Wisdom. I'm one of the administrators in the Cobra Kai Companion Facebook group. And welcome to another episode. What Peter wanted to do was to have an episode just before season five drops with some final thoughts, some final theories, final speculations regarding what on earth we can expect to happen in season five but the problem is that peter himself has seen season five so he can't do that himself peter was honored once again to be given screeners of season five by netflix which is awesome so he's going to be doing his non-spoiler review uh, this week i believe on september 6th or 7th so be on the lookout for that and we're real proud of him of course but uh, in the meantime the rest of us are chomping at the bit Wondering what's going to happen, who's going to be fighting who, who's going to be kissing who, who's going to be killing who. So we wanted to do this final thoughts episode before the season drops. But uh, while we're on the subject of Peter, he doesn't know I'm doing this, but I'll embarrass him for a minute since he's not here. I just wanted to throw out another well-earned thank you to him for all his work, particularly in the past year. Uh, I mean, we all know him. If you're listening to this show, we know him. We love him. We see how hard he works and, and what a, a trooper he is. Uh, but especially this past year, all the work he's done, all the changes that the podcast has gone through and him interviewing everyone he can. And then, of course, everything he did at Paley Fest, it was just uh, absolutely incredible. And it was such a, a pleasure to watch his journey. No crying, Peter. No crying aloud. But uh, in addition to that, He's created this Cobra Kai community, which is just, uh, we all love and is amazing. And as a lot of you know, I had the pleasure to meet several of my companions for the first time this past summer. Uh, some of my fellow admin team, I got to meet Pialani, Sensei Pialani, and then in a recent trip to Chicago, got to meet both Carrie and Jen. And these are people I've known for, gosh, three and a half years now. And never met in person. And these are my friends. These are people that I love and finally got to meet them. And it was like meeting old friends, except I was meeting them for the first time. And, and I hope it was the same joyous experience for them. But none of us would have had these experiences, but for Peter and Cobra Kai Companion and the Companion community. So for that, so many of us are eternally grateful and will continue to be grateful, which is why we're going to listen to you until the bitter, bitter end. All right, enough embarrassing, my friends. Let's talk some season five. What am I looking forward to in season five? What do I think is going to happen? What does Mike think? Well, that's a, a long, complicated question, and I do not want this to be a six-week episode. So I'll get down to the, the nuts and bolts. The big thing, of course, is Terry Silver. That is what I've been looking forward to ever since it was announced that that character was coming back. And in particular, I was looking forward to his role in season five. 
Tig, Thomas Ian Griffith, didn't spoil anything, but he mentioned when he was doing press for season four that, oh, season four is great, but season five, they take Terry off the chart. So ever since that, I was very much looking forward to it. And I've always loved the character. Call it a guilty pleasure, call it whatever you will, but I I've always enjoyed the villain that is Terry Silver, even as over the top as it was. And I loved what Tig did with the character in season four, showing some real life and personality behind it, the whole PTSD storyline, Terrence Silver, all of that. And I felt like we were finally getting to see the real guy, the real character when season four ends. So in season five, I think in addition to the, the dojo storyline, I think we're going to finally get to see the real Terry Silver and what he is capable of. And I think he's just going to absolutely blow us away. That is the only thing I know about season five that I have been told is that Thomas deserves an Emmy for his performance in season five. That's the only thing I know. Nothing beyond that. But yeah, I think we're going to get to see the, the real character. He's not on drugs anymore. He's not under Crease's influence. He is in full control of his faculties. He is in charge and he's now the champion. His dojo is the champion. He's getting to do what he has finally wanted to do for almost 40 years. And I think it's going to be something absolutely magnificent that we're going to get to see the real Terry Silver, unlimited money, unlimited power, truly trying to take over the world. This is a man who wants to take over the world, literally. And in the Miyagi-verse, the world is the valley. But from what we've seen from the trailer, he already has his eyes beyond just the valley. He wants to take over the country and take over the world. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. That's the big one. Um, kind of going along with that, I I'm really looking forward to what I think we're going to get, which is more storyline about Cobra Kai itself and the history of Cobra Kai and that aspect of it. And I don't mean the dojo Cobra Kai because that was started by John Kreese. We know that. But the, <clears throat> the teachings that go behind Cobra Kai, the way of the fist, for lack of a better term, better phrase, has a history before John Kreese. And we know now that the storyline of Master Kim and now Sensei Kim, his granddaughter, are going to be prominent in season five. So I think we're going to, just like the way we got to learn about the history of Miyagi-Do and the Okinawan culture and its importance to that dojo, I think we're going to get that now for the Cobra Kai side of it, which we know next to nothing about. We know nothing about it, except that uh, Terry claims he trained under Master Kim in Karate Kid 3, as did Captain Turner in season three of Cobra Kai. So which one is true? Are they both true? Does Terry Silver have some personal history with Master Kim back in the 1970s? Young Silver, Young Kreese, we don't know. The, the whole Korean history of Tang Soo Do and Master Kim's way of the fist philosophy, where did that come from? I, I think we're going to get some knowledge on that. And I think it's going to be something we don't expect. And I'm happy about that because I think we're going to get it from a perspective of the past, meaning when young Crease and young Silver trained, but also in the present in the form of, of Sensei Kim, who I am so looking forward to seeing her. I, I think Alicia is going to be such an amazing character. And the Sensei Kim is going to bring a whole lot to the Cobra Kai table that we haven't seen before. And I don't even think it's something that Terry Silver has seen before. I think that's going to be something potential, 
towards the end of the season that Terry Silver thinks that he's bringing the Kim dynasty back to the States, but it may not be what he thinks himself. There may be some aspects of Cobra Kai and the way of the fist that Terry Silver does not know, that only Sensei Kim knows, similar to the way that there were some aspects of Miyagi-Do that Daniel didn't know, only Chosen did. Is Sensei Kim going to effectively be the Chosen of Cobra Kai? That's a possibility. So to see that aspect of the storyline, then along with Chosen coming back to the United States, I, I think we're in for a real treat. So I'm really looking forward to that. A couple other things I'm really looking forward to a lot of the relationships that I think we're going to see in season five, the character and how characters, how they interact with each other. The biggest one for me actually is Johnny and Robbie. I am really looking forward to seeing them finally relate and bond and try to communicate and try to form the foundation, at least, of a genuine father-son relationship. We've been doing these uh, 50 Days of Cobra Kai rewatches over in the Companion Facebook group, which is always a blast. Tune in if you haven't. And when we were starting out in season one and we would see the first interactions of Johnny and Robbie, it was so tense and there was so much hatred and anger, mostly on Robbie's end, but so much anger. But at the same time, you could see that they, they do care about each other. Robbie would look up Johnny on the internet. He would show up to the dojo. And for one reason or another, it just never clicked between them. There was too much hostility. The timing was bad because Miguel was in the mix. And that's been their story from the beginning of season one until the very end, the third to last scene of, of season four, when we finally got a glimpse of hope between the two of them. And I very much hope in season five that they're at least going to try. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be kumbaya, let's hug it out. There's going to be challenges. They don't know each other a lot. They, they have a lot to learn about each other and from each other. And they've both now experienced Cobra Kai and making some very big mistakes on behalf of Cobra Kai. So I think Robbie, for the first time, maybe is going to understand Johnny a little better about being angry and using Cobra Kai as an excuse to let out that anger and realizing that that was a mistake. And maybe now that that's something they have in common, now they're effectively in Cobra Kai detox together, that's something that will be the catalyst, at least, of them connecting and trying to bond. But in the mix, which is going to present another challenge for the two of them, is still Miguel. Miguel hasn't gone anywhere. In fact, Robbie and Johnny, the only time we see them in the first teaser together is them heading down to Mexico to find Miguel, which Robbie is not too happy about. And um, that's clearly going to be a wrench in the mix of Johnny and Robbie because there's three of them. That's uh, another storyline I think is going to be prominent in season five is Robbie and Miguel. They are both separately trying to have a relationship with their father figure, Johnny, but the other son is getting in the way of that. It, for the most part, it's been Robbie jealous of Miguel's relationship with Johnny. But at the very end of season four, of course, we had that heartbreaking moment when Johnny calls out Robbie's name and Miguel is crushed over it. And that's why it leads him to go to Mexico. So uh, there's clearly a lot of hostility between Miguel and Robbie. And they really haven't had it out, if you think about it. They really have not interacted very much at all since season two. 
since everything went to hell at the school fights. They had a little skirmish in season three and then they had the prom fight, but that was really quick and they didn't even start that. They didn't fight in the season four tournament. So they have not really had a chance, Robbie and Miguel, to let the air out, to finally deal with their own BS so that they can at least have a chance of being civil with each other, whether it's through talking, whether it's through fighting each other. I think it's going to be all of the above. But I think their relationship, Miguel and Robbie, is going to be very important throughout season five if either of them or both of them are going to have any shot of dealing and trying to have a relationship with Johnny. And I think that's what we've sort of seen in the trailer at the water park, that Johnny's just trying to have a relationship with with both Miguel and Robbie, and why does this got to be so hard? It's, they all have to deal with their issues. Johnny and Robbie need to bond. Johnny and Miguel need to patch things up from season four. And then Miguel and Robbie need to figure out their own shit on their own. Uh, the one thing I think Miguel and Robbie have going for them is that they've both seen how Daniel and Johnny have interacted for the past 40 years, and they don't want to be that. They've seen how that has gone south and how terrible that relationship is and all the problems that's caused. They don't want to be the next Daniel and Johnny. So they'll do what they can to work them out, to work their things out. Uh, Mike, have hope for them. Another relationship I'm looking forward to, uh, I don't know if it's going to be as big, but uh, Kenny, and I think he's going to have a storyline with Hawk. That appears to be where they're headed. And I'm real curious to see where that goes. They had their issues in season four. I wouldn't call that a huge rivalry. They didn't compete in the tournament, anything like that. They don't really know each other. But where I think Kenny's storyline is headed, he is now effectively, it's crazy to even think about it after what we saw in season four, but Kenny is now looking to be Cobra Kai's new ace degenerate, his new number one student. And I think he was Terry Silver's favorite, at least from season four. Terry Silver, and I've said this before, was a very good teacher to Kenny. And it was very scary to see, whoa, Terry Silver is actually a really good teacher to this young man and helped him out a lot. And now that Crease is out of the mix and Robbie appears to have left Cobra Kai, um, I don't think it's been Kyler. Kyler has lost too many times to be number one, but Terry Silver may see Kenny as the future of Cobra Kai. He's only a freshman. He has four years of eligibility in the tournament. And Kenny himself is looking to become number one. And I think he's going to have his own issues with that, especially if he loses his mentor in Robbie. If Robbie leaves for Mexico and then appears he switches sides and heads over to Miyagi-Do, Kenny's going to be looking to win points with Terry Silver. And where I think Hawk comes into that mix is what better way to gain Terry Silver's favor than to go straight for the current champ. Hawk is the one crack in Terry Silver's invincibility, as I see it now. They won the tournament, the overall tournament, the grand championship. They won the girls' match. They lost the boys' match. His golden boy, Robbie, lost to Hawk. And I think that to a man like Terry Silver, that's going to eat at him. The boys' champion is on the other side. And even though I think Hawk is now ineligible himself to be in the tournament again, unless they change the rules, by going straight after Hawk, going after the champ, straight to the top, Kenny, in his eyes, and maybe in Terry Silver's eyes, is going to see that's how you get there. That's how I become number one Cobra Kai, take out the champ, the Miyagi-Do champ. So that's going to be his mission. 
And on the flip side, Hawk is now the champion himself. He's a champion without a dojo. He is trying to finally find his balance and find the Miyagi-Do. I, I think he's really Team Miyagi-Do. He uh, was looking to Daniel the whole time. He's not Eagle Fang. He's really trying to find his balance and still make up for the, the person that he was in season two and most of season three. So you got Hawk over here trying to find his balance finally and find peace and find Miyagi-Do. And then you got Kenny on the other side looking to take him down. And it's going to be a real conflict and a real difference from where we saw these two characters even a season ago. But, uh, you know, they're both great actors and it looks like we're going to see at least some fist thrown between them, but it's going to be real interesting to see. Uh, so that's a lot of the younger characters. Of course, haven't even brought up Chosen. I mean, again, you could talk about him for a week. I think he's going to be just absolutely amazing, Yuji Okamoto. As much as I'm looking forward to Tig's performance, I'm equally looking forward to Yuji's and just really seeing what Chosen is all about. We don't really know him. We've known him from one episode in season three. We don't know what he's been up to from the age of 17 to 50, whatever he is. And I think his history and his story and his character is going to really be explored in this. And I think it's going to be really interesting and have some unexpected twists and turns. Not the least of which is how does he know who Master Kim is? Did he ever go to Korea? Was he kind of like doing a, a Kung Fu journey? Kwai Chan Kane, you're traveling to different countries and learning different martial arts. How does he know about this? Is it just in the course of becoming a master himself? He learned about other masters. I don't know, but I'm really looking forward to what Chosen brings to the table and why he is in America. And I've talked about this before in some other uh, areas that the reason I believe Chosen is in America is that Miyagi-Do is in trouble. For his whole adult life, Chosen thought he was all that was left of Miyagi-Do. And he had kind of forgotten about Daniel. And meanwhile, you got Daniel in America thinking he was all that was left of Miyagi-Do. And then they finally interacted in season three. And then they realized that the two of them are all that is left of Miyagi-Do. And on top of that, I feel like on Chosen's end, there's still some guilt that by what he and his uncle did, really more his uncle Sato, but he's probably inherited that guilt. By what Sato did by getting Miyagi banished from Okinawa and not marrying Yukie, he effectively ended the Miyagi-Do bloodline. It really is what he did. After 600 years, there were no more Miyagi sons. Now, yes, we know that Mr. Miyagi, he married someone else and he was about to have a son, but they died. Sato and Chosen didn't know that. And I think there's going to be a lot of guilt for doing that. So they're going to do whatever they can to preserve Miyagi-Do as best they can. And in Chosen's mind, when Daniel calls and says, I'm closing down Miyagi-Do, Miyagi-Do is in trouble. He is on the first flight out. And that's what brings him to the table. Even though he has no personal connection, he doesn't know Terry Silver. He doesn't know Cobra Kai. It means nothing to him. All he knows is that his way of life, Miyagi-Do, is in trouble and is in danger of being gone. He doesn't care why. He doesn't care the circumstances. He's on the first plane out and he's going to take care of it. We know Chosen is all about honor and honor and his way of life is being threatened. So I think that's going to be a big part of his storyline, as well as his relationship with, with Daniel, them coming to grips with losing Sato, losing Mr. Miyagi. And it, it can be hard, you know, when you've lost your teacher, when you've lost your mentor, and you realize, I'm it. The, the future of Miyagi-Do now 
falls squarely on my shoulders and depends on me. That that's a hard situation when you've lost your mentor and suddenly you're the guy. Everyone, all these young students, they're now looking at you and all that weight of responsibility. That's a a, a hard act to follow sometimes, if you especially if you're thinking about uh, a mentor like Mr. Miyagi. And I think that's a, a weight that Daniel has felt throughout the series. And I think we're going to learn Chosen has probably felt the same way over in Okinawa. And they're going to have a lot to bond over that, that uh, the, the future of their way of life rests on the two of them. And so I think they're going to do whatever they can working together to, to make that happen. And then enter the mix, one Johnny Lawrence coming back from Mexico, whatever happens in Mexico, we, we still know very, very little about the Mexico storyline, but I think at some point, Johnny Lawrence clearly is going to return to the Valley. I think at first he's not going to want anything to do with the battle. He's going to say, I'm done. And that's when we get the whole Uber storyline, which I'll talk about in a minute. I'm really looking forward to, but, uh, at some point, Johnny Lawrence will come back. And then we've got the threesome from hell, Johnny, Chosen, and Daniel. And this is at the point where us Karate Kid fans from 40 years ago are going to all respectively lose our shit. And that is going to be a sight to see. The way we were at the end of season three, when we finally see Daniel and Johnny training together, let's begin, and we're all cheering, yes, that times a billion when it's all three of them. Daniel and the villains from Karate Kid and Karate Kid 2, standing shoulder to shoulder, teaching I, and training. I mean, it, it's going to be, the words are surprisingly failing me, but it is going to kick so much ass, I cannot wait to see it. And, you know, there are different styles, the Okinawan, the Eagle Fang, and then Daniel, you know, of course, they're going to bump heads and all that and have different ideas. But, uh, you know, at some point, they will all get on the same page. With that, though, we've gotten some hints in the trailer that at some point, Johnny and Chosen go off on their own. Why is Daniel not in the mix? I don't know. Does something happen to Daniel? Does something happen to one of the students that Daniel's like, no, 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 we got to handle this peacefully. But and Johnny's being Johnny and, and Chosen is leaning more on Johnny's side. No, we, we can't just sit back and wait for things to happen. We're not calling the police. Yeah, let's pour some gasoline on this sucker and go out and kick some ass. I think that Johnny is going to bring out the the teenage chosen in Chosen, the Karate Kid Part 2 chosen that we all know from the movie. Tough, badass, smirking, sarcastic, ready to just take everyone out. I think Chosen, in his quest to become a Miyagi-Do sensei and master, has probably buried that part of him. That's a common storyline throughout the series is that the characters we know and love have, have sort of buried or forgotten who they were. And it emerges, starting with Johnny, Awaken the Snake, and then Daniel with the headband, Kreese, Silver, now it's going to be Chosen. And I don't think Chosen has been doing anything bad or wrong, but I think he's become so immersed in being a, a wise sensei, he's, he's maybe forgotten about that inner kick-ass teenager that he was. Enter one Johnny Lawrence coming into his life. He sees this badass who's ready to throw down at any moment, and he's going to remember I used to be a badass too. This guy, this was me. This was me. I was this guy kicking ass and taking names. And, and he's going to learn from that. And like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And I agree with you. I, I think that's going to be a sight to see when the two former bullies of the Karate Kid are in the mix. And when they bust into that dojo to uh, confront who I'm calling Sparky Sensei, 
that's going to be a scene, <laughs> the two of them. Uh, I think they're going to bond. I think they're going to bond over their own histories and their own stories with Daniel. I think that's going to lead itself to a lot of comedy. I think Daniel's going to drive Chosen crazy to some extent, the same way Daniel has driven Johnny crazy. And I think Cho Chosen and Johnny are going to bond over that. I think it's going to be hilarious. But I also think it's uh, a way to see some some serious ass-kicking for <laughs> lack of a better term it's just got watching the two of them is gonna be quite a sight and i'm really really looking forward to it so a lot of character relationships a lot of different relationships that's one thing the show does great is that season after season we see different relationships and different interactions that we haven't seen before like in season four we got amanda and tori never thought i'd see that i think that's going to continue in season five because i think that's what has kept the show fresh You've added some characters, yes, but you have existing characters having new relationships with each other. And you realize, wow, yeah, it's been four seasons, and these two have never had a conversation with each other. Um, like Carmen and Robbie, I don't believe they've ever spoken with each other. And that leads itself to a, a great relationship um, and another mother figure, potentially, for, for Robbie. Who knows? But it leads itself to a whole lot of possibilities, especially with as many characters as we have now. Uh, you know, we've got Amanda in the mix. She, the only interactions we've really seen her with are with Daniel and Terry Silver. Of course, I think the LaRusso marriage is going to have its usual ups and downs, but they're going to come together at the end fighting as a champ. And from what we've seen, if Amanda LaRusso does, in fact, become a karate student herself and gets into a fight herself, yeah, I'm going to lose it. Uh, that that's oh man to see Courtney putting her fists up and getting into a fight does she fight sensei Kim does she fight someone else I don't know but uh, we've got a woman sensei the first woman sensei she got to fight someone she got to have her own rivalry and her own opponents I mean if it's Amanda LaRusso forget it I'm, I'm done that's just going to be <laughs> awesome but uh, if she comes around and becomes a student Amanda is she going to be Miyagi-Do? Is she going to be Eagle Fang? I don't know. I, I like her relationship with Johnny. I think uh, similar to Sam in season four, I think Amanda is going to learn a lot and respect a lot from Johnny's teachings, perhaps more than Daniel's. Uh, or maybe she gets trained by Chosen. Who even knows? Uh, talk about a, a relationship you never thought you'd see. Amanda and Chosen. Maybe they become besties and see what happens from there. But all kinds of possibilities. And while all of that is going on, everything's going on in Mexico and the Valley, one person we've forgotten all about, and I believe this is intentional, <clears throat> intentional is John Kreese. John Kreese is off in prison, separate from everything that's going on. And I believe that's going to be critical to his storyline. I do believe he's going to have a fundamental role in season five, but it's going to be separate from everything until towards the end. I don't believe he's going to spend all of season five in prison. I believe he's going to get out at some point. Not sure how or when, but it will happen. But before that, I think it's very important that he is separate from the mix. That That is how Terry Silver is truly going to rise to power, that his weakness, John Kreese, is out of the mix. But in prison, I think that's going to be a whole different storyline. And I think the concept of Kreese finally being in prison for the one crime he didn't do Regardless, him being in a cage again is going to be very paramount to his storyline. The fact that Kreese has been thrown back in the cage by the person who he freed in Vietnam 
He let Terry out of the cage. Terry puts him back in the cage. And I think that's going to lend itself to Crease finally having an opportunity to deal with his own issues, his own trauma, his own pain, his own PTSD from Vietnam, which he always talks about, but he's never really dealt with. And I think him being locked up again, feeling like a prisoner again, feeling weak again, is going to lead for an opportunity for him to finally deal with all of that while everything is going out in the valleys. But when he finally gets out of prison, then the question is, well, where do his allegiances lie? John Kreese. Cobra Kai is doing better than ever, but that's care of the person who sent him to prison. Is he going to say, I don't care, I'm, I'm Cobra Kai, and go back to his old lieutenant and try to take over? Is he going to do so and try to align himself with Johnny Daniel and Chosen? Not out of the realm of possibility for the limited purpose of trying to take out Silver. I don't know. I think at some point we're going to have to finally see where John Kreese's true allegiance really lies. I think we're going to see that. The question is whether or not we see that in season five. So there's a lot to work with in this season five, and I haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't even talked about Mike Barnes. The bad boy's coming back. We know nothing about him, so I, I really couldn't even begin to speculate about him. I'm looking forward to it, but I, I just don't see or know or understand how he falls into the current storyline. Clearly he does. He's going to have some type of interaction with Daniel, with Terry, maybe with Chris. It has to happen. But where Barnes falls in the existing storyline, I genuinely just have no idea. So looking forward to it, but I truly don't even have a speculation or a theory as to where he falls in the mix with everyone else. But it'll, it'll be cool to see the bad boy back in action. That's another guilty pleasure fan favorite character that I know a lot of people are excited about. So a um, couple of last minute thoughts, some, some funny things that I'm looking forward to. I think Uber Johnny, Uber driver Johnny is going to be absolutely hilarious. I think that's going to lend itself to so much humor. I cannot wait to see that. I, I, I said I would like a whole episode just dedicated to Johnny driving an Uber and his different passengers. I think that lends itself to so much humor. Classic Johnny in the, the minivan, the Eagle fan, minivan popping in his cassettes, not knowing anything about apps or smartphones and having different passengers. He could have truly anybody in his car. He might have Judy, the lady who started this whole thing, bitching at him from season one, who he almost had a date with in season two. Wouldn't be, that be hilarious if she was a passenger? Uh, she Maybe he has Mike Barnes as a passenger, and that's how he's entered the mix. And they start talking, they realize who each other is, or they don't talk. And they have no idea who they are, but we know. Um, it just lends itself to all sorts of classic Johnny possibilities, I think. Every season we get a new Johnny line that we're quoting for a year. I think we're going to have several this season, but I think it's going to be from the, the Uber time. I think that's going to be Johnny's moment, and we're going to be quoting lines of Uber driver Johnny for at least the next year. That's going to be a sight to behold. I can't wait for that. Um, on the other hand, things that I'm scared about, what am I worried about? It's been made fairly clear that there is going to be a significant death this season, that a major character is going to die unless the big three is just trolling the heck out of us, and I wouldn't rule that out. They've made it clear that there will be a significant death. And I know we all have our theories. A lot of people think it could be chosen that 
he has no wife and no kids. So it leads itself to him making the ultimate sacrifice. The other end of the spectrum, a lot of people think John Kreese, that that's going to be John Kreese's sacrifice, if you will, at the end, and that that's how his storyline ends. I'm on the Kreese side. I got to be honest. That is how I have always thought the storyline of John Kreese meets its end, that he finally has to make a choice between his two loves, which are Cobra Kai and Johnny Lawrence. So far, he's chosen Cobra Kai every single time at the expense of John Johnny Lawrence. I think that's going to change. When he gets out of prison, something is going to come between Cobra Kai and Johnny Lawrence. It's going to be Terry Silver. Is John Kreese, at the end of the day, going to finally do the right thing and save Johnny, get in the way of Terry Silver at the cost of his own life? And that's his endgame. That's his... Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader's sacrifice at the end doesn't make up for all the terrible things he's done, but it shows that at the very last moment, he is that that young boy again that we saw at the beginning of season three who tried to do some good and that he really does in his own messed up way love Johnny Lawrence, love his son, and saves his life as his last act on this earth. Show would make a compelling storyline. I always saw that as more that that would be kind of last season final season material for Kreese, but uh, perhaps that's this is the season for that storyline to finally meet its end. I, I don't know. But of all the major characters, absent a complete surprise, I think personally that makes the most sense for it to be John Kreese, and that's how his storyline ends. But we shall see. I truly know nothing. So, yeah, there is no shortage of things to look forward to. I cannot wait. I am recording this episode on Monday. It is Labor Day, so we are T-minus four days, technically less than four days. I think by this time in four days, I will have just finished my binge, but uh, we are getting close, people. We are getting so close. We can taste it, and I cannot wait to talk with all of you and all my companions about every little drop of season five after we have all watched it, after we've all finished our binge. And we're going to continue to do the 50 days rewatch. We're going to be watching season five starting on September 10th. So be sure you tune in for that. And we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. And I I can't wait to enjoy it with all of you. So that's all I got. Thank you for listening to me. I know this is a a little different from what you're used to on your Cobra Kai companion experience, but hope you learned something. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it it was fun and, and gets you through this final stretch until the season drops. But uh, as always, have lots of thoughts, lots of ideas, and lots to think about about this amazing show that we all love. So that's all I got. Thank you all for tuning in. Peter's going to be back with a whole lot. Like I said, he's doing his non-spoiler review before the season drops. And then I'm sure he's going to do a huge spoiler-filled review after the season drops. So as always, be tuning in in uh in the facebook group or you can tune in to cobra kai companion to peter's socials he's at uh, cobra kai pod on twitter and cobra kai companion on instagram and of course his cobra kai companion youtube page as well where a lot of his interviews drops and i'm sure we'll be seeing more of those as well you can find me on uh, cobra kai wisdom on instagram and twitter and if i don't speak to you or hear from you before september 9th Have an awesome binge, and we'll see you on the other side. Thank you all. Mm
Haven't you done enough, princess? 